Uh, it's about setting the right example. It's about uh, not understand. You know, when, when you look at someone and you say, man, they're doing this wrong. Why are they doing that wrong? It's looking at yourself first rather than looking at that individual as being uh, needing correction. It's really what is it that I'm doing that needs correcting. And so to me, that's pure, that is leadership, uh, taking it on the shoulders, setting the example and understanding that um, in order to get everybody moving in the right direction, um, that's on me and, uh, and setting the proper example. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the president and CEO at Crystal Creek Homes. Welcome to the podcast, Justin Bobier. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to have you on. Um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. How about you uh, let the listeners know who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Justin Bobby, and I'm a single family home builder in the province of Alberta. Uh, we build in Edmonton and Calgary. First started the company in 2004 in Calgary, uh, and uh, we expanded to Edmonton in 2013. Uh, we would build uh, various products from uh, townhomes and duplexes to single family right up to the custom estate, two and a half million dollar type home. So we're uh, sort of across the board and we do uh, multifamily buildings as well. You'd mentioned that you started in 2004. Um, obviously, uh, that's the founder's journey. Um, you know, you're at uh, seven communities, 50 employees. How was that? Uh, uh, what made you want to jump into uh, real estate? Well, it's been a ride for sure. I've got a very unique story in our industry, actually. So I grew up a carpenter's son and uh, fell into the world of being a tradesman and absolutely loved what I did for a living. Um, had no regrets and enjoyed every week of it. And, and I liked everything that went around with being a, a tradesman in, in terms of my flexibility and my autonomy. Uh, however, unfortunately, I, I was injured at work, and uh, so I was, um, you know, on the sidelines for about three and a half months. And, you know, here I was, uh, a father of four uh, in a, you know, great family, but I had this, you know, fantastic income of a tradesperson that went to zero overnight. And so for those three and a half months, while I was unable to do any sort of uh, physical work, it sort of got me to thinking, you know, is this really what I want to do? I'm kind of trading time for money. And is there maybe something out there that's a little bit different for me? And uh, that's when, you know, kind of after that epiphany and I got back to work and, you know, you start thinking about that. And I was kind of in my you know early to mid thirties. And my sister said, hey, well, you know, you've built a few houses for yourself. Uh, what would you think about building one for me and my family? And so I thought, well, could this be the start of something that I've been looking for? I've always felt I could build a house better than anyone else. And so that was really the first time I had taken on a contract. And I thought, um, you know, her husband was a litigation lawyer. So I thought, well, no more doing this under the table. You know, I'm going to have to be legit and start a company. And so my wife at the time and I came up with Crystal Creek Homes and uh, really, that was the infancy of it. And we started on one house and 
I maintained my job as a tradesman for probably the next 12 to 14 months. And uh, what happened through that process is all of a sudden she had some friends and they wanted houses built. And I said, how does cost plus 15% sound? And everybody said, good. And I said, afterwards, I thought to myself, I don't even know what cost plus 15% means. I've heard it. I've heard it a lot, but I don't know what it means. So that was really the early beginnings of Crystal Creek Homes. I love that. Sometimes you just need that little opportunity to to just walk through that door. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as a founder, there's always challenges, um, almost like a hero's journey type type uh, uh, story. What sort of challenges have you had with, within those years, early years of uh, founding a business? Well, you know, I love work and I love the actual physical work. And as the company started to grow, I knew that I wasn't going to be doing that. And so, you know, letting that stuff kind of go. And I would say that was really the biggest challenge is letting things go and then realizing what are the things I'm really good at and what are the things I need help with. And, you know, so for me, financing, understanding corporate structure, those were things I really needed help with. And it's difficult when you don't know what you don't know and you rely on others and, you know, you ask them questions. And I, I would just say that, um, you know, challenge for me is, you know, not putting too much faith into individuals and believing when somebody says, oh, this is how you do it and that's how you should be doing it rather than questioning it first and doing your due diligence. And so I fell into that as challenges when we first started a little bit. But um, I think one of uh, the secrets to our success really is, is a pretty simple formula of just being honest with people. Uh, let's have some fun because uh, this should be a good experience. And at the end of the day, ensuring that everybody has a positive experience as they, at, with different touch points throughout the building experience. Absolutely. I love that. Just let's have some fun <laughs> having that optimism in, in times of challenge. Uh, on that note, how do you, how do you build resilience in challenging times? I know you touched on uh, being positive and optimistic, but how else would you build re- resilience in challenge? Uh, you know, it's really interesting as a small company when you're first growing and you have you know, somebody that you think is a great employee and then they come in and they say, hey, I'm quitting. Like, you take it as a personal defeat. It's like, what? what's so bad about, this is a great place to work. This is the best place in the world. And so I think you just need to sort of separate the personal from, you know, the business and what is in the best interest of everybody. Understanding that everybody has choices to make and sometimes the best choice to make is, is not with our, our company. You know, resiliency, it's really, it's that fight. Um, you know, I, I would say that I know for myself when somebody tells me no, I use that as a real motivating factor to be able to come and kind of put it back in their face to say, see, I did it, I told you. And so, you know, I, I would just say that when you're getting started off, there's so many people that say, no, you can't do that, or that's going to fail, or that negativity. And that's, you know, I think if you just have the mindset of taking all of that and saying, that's why I'm going to be successful because this is what everybody is saying. And I'm going to go out and I'm actually going to do those things. And I'm going to do the tough stuff. I'm going to do the hard stuff. It's not easy. Um, and so if you can, you know, get through that and you start to build that. And really one of the things I would say for my teammates uh, here at Crystal Creek is when they see you as the founder digging in, uh, they get that, uh, how can I say that, that mindset as well. And so, you know, there's nothing that can't be accomplished in a very short period of time if you put your mind to it. 
Absolutely. I love that. Just roll up your sleeves and kind of push through that negativity and almost have it as a chip on your shoulder to do great things and have that success. Speaking of almost like hindsight's 2020, what would you say is the biggest thing you wish you would have known when you first began your career? How much bloody money it takes to run a company. <laughs> <laughs> yep. you, know, in, in our business, it's very capital intensive. And, you know, as we started to grow in the capital needs, and honestly, I did not have the financial acumen or background. And then starting to deal with investors and starting to understand that, uh, you know, I think I wish I would have had a better understanding of from an investor standpoint, what are people actually looking for and giving versus giving away too much because you're just happy that anybody would give you uh, money to you know take and then produce more money for them. Uh, so, you know, for me, understanding the financial and the corporate sort of things would have been uh, a big benefit to me early on as I got started with Crystal Creek. However, you know, I've often said to people, when it's your own money, you figure it out really quickly. And uh, you understand how to leverage and how the system works and play within the rules. And I would just say, keeping that in mind, one of the things that's been our biggest success is just being honest and saying, I don't know when you don't know, and I need help when I need help. And, you know, by having that vulnerability and that honesty has really been a secret sauce in our success as a company, because um, people realize you're not putting on anything phony or anything else it's uh people want to help uh it most times that i've often said if i come to somebody and say hey i need you to do this or i need you to do that most people are going to have resistance right away but if you say hey i need help you, you know i'm wondering if you can lend me a hand can you help me with this people will bend over backwards for you i love that that honesty and vulnerability uh, is the secret sauce and obviously that secret sauce has uh, led you guys well um i see you guys have won many awards, best new home. Um, but what's maybe something that Crystal Creek does that a lot of people don't know about? Well, I mean, this, you know, I had four children um, and, you know, unfortunately one had fallen into um, the drug scene. And, uh, you know, that was really, really difficult for us. And we became a recovery home uh, for a period of time where we were taking in uh, kids that were vulnerable and kids that were on the street uh, through a, a re rehabilitation program that he was involved in. And that really starts to change your mindset um, for us in terms of, you know, you fall in love with these kids. And, you know, some of them, you know, I was reading about in the paper, they were the worst of the worst kids. And having them in your home, you just fall in love with every single one of them. And so for us, we're a big supporter of something called the Terminator Foundation which encourages uh, youth in that are going through challenges, mental health issues, um, depression, uh, drug addiction, uh, those sorts of things, and gets them involved in sport. And so that's been something that we've been really proud of as the key sponsor uh, for that. And it's really given us a little bit of a social identity as well uh, in terms of uh, what we're about as a company and giving people a hand up um, versus a handout. You know, it's funny, I remember we had one of our suppliers who um, came to us and said, you know, you've got to fire this guy because uh, he's encouraging hiring drug addicts and people that are working from him or from off the street. And uh, I sat back and I phoned that individual up and thanked him so much for the amount of time and extra effort it takes to employ 
individuals like that and gave him a high five and he does most of our work uh, to this day. So that's probably something people don't really realize about, you know, when you're building homes, it becomes much bigger as your company starts to grow. And it's more about, you know, building somebody, their dream house. It's about how do we affect people individually? You know, we have so many people that we touch. We have our own individual employees, but from a trades perspective, we employ well over, you know, a thousand people um, at any given time. And so each of them are going through their own challenges and how can we be a positive motivating force, not only as an employer, but, um, you know, somebody that they can rely on. Absolutely. Sounds like you're leading with empathy and um, having those core values as a company really helps influence your community and the people around you. What, what would you say, besides those qualities, what would you say is your unique skill that's helped you become such a successful leader uh, leading such a successful company well you know when it comes to building homes people can't bullshit me on what's going on <laughs> because i've been hands-on and i've built homes myself and i know every single trade and so when people come and say well we're having a challenge because we can't do this i know better um and so people can't fool me when it comes to that so i would say one of the things that has been really poor is understanding your business understanding what the guy on site is going through it he gets there at 5 30 in the morning uh, and you know what he experiences and and understanding what everybody is going through right from the littlest thing in your company right through and it's not that you have to do it every day but you need to understand the challenges that each of those individuals face on a day-to-day -day basis and how you can make their life easier and uh, you know have empathy for the challenges that they face a common theme on, of the podcast is success, and uh, I'm always curious to ask my guests what does success mean to them. So my next question to you would be, what does success look like professionally or personally uh, for you? Uh, so, oh man, so I, I just went through this recently, and um, you know we have an employee who um, is having some challenges, and you know it was interesting because internally there was a bunch of people that said. Well, you know, let's let's put this individual on short-term disability. You don't know how long they're going to be away. And I just thought, you know, they're going through so much stress in their life right now with their health issue. I don't think they need financial stress. And so we decided as a company to pay them right through. And they've been off for about six months and will probably be off for another six months. And they may never come back, to be honest. Um, but we've made the decision to pay them through um, as a real value employee who's been here the past seven years and I think you know she wrote me a really special note about how much we have affected her as an employer and I think to me that's the definition of success is having a positive impact on others and you know it doesn't need to be financial it doesn't need to be um, you know the bottom line that we often uh, you know need to be aware of because it is something you have to have in a company you, you know, you can't be ashamed to make profit, um, but at the same time, it's about the positive impact you have on others, whether it's clients, employees, family, friends, it's uh, just being a positive influence. To me, that's how I define success. Mm, that's quite inspiring. <laughs> I think I have goosebumps. <laughs> be a positive impact in the community. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one of my uh, core values as well. Speaking of inspiration, uh, what's maybe something that you've read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? 
You know, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to be a, a member of uh, Tech Canada, which we have a really close-knit group and we'll often, you know, talk about different books or different, you know, inspirations. We have some great speakers that have come in. And I think, uh, you know, one is just understanding sort of your core purpose and your energy and how to align that with what your goals are um, and, and then going to achieve those. And so I can't think of a book in particular, but... Uh, I just know that kind of that, you know, learning to breathe uh, when you're stressed out and breathing through your nose and, and uh, um, you know, just different things like that that have inspired me in terms of setting goals, uh, going out and executing on them and then celebrating when that happens. So, you know, to me, I think that anything that aligns with that sort of positivity is always good to be around. And although I can't think of anything instantaneously that uh, I'm, I'm certainly always uh, looking at uh, anecdotes or sayings or influencers that uh, will have a positive impact on you. Absolutely. Uh, I can't remember who told me this, but I heard that uh, you're the sum of the people you surround yourself with. So mm. if you have that positivity around you, or at least uh, having that influence, uh, you tend to be more positive, optimistic, and uh, that really helps in times of challenge as well. But uh, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you are who you hang out with. Exactly. <laughs> well said. I only have a couple more questions here for you. Um, I'd love to get your perspective on Calgary. Uh, curious how Calgary has changed from when you first started uh, to now. Oh, that's a great question. You know, when I first moved, so I grew up in Edmonton. And uh, I, I moved to Calgary in 1996. And when I got here, I could not believe the energy of the city. Everybody was doing something. Everybody was either uh, building a, a new home or starting a new business or uh, taking a vacation. And just see, there was so much energy and positivity and encouragement of one another. It was really, uh, at the time, one of the biggest things that we noticed moving to the city of Calgary from Edmonton, which overall kind of had a little bit of negativity around it. You know, since then, uh, kind of through that 2015 to 2020 year of the oil patch bust, if you will, um, you know, we had a vote to, uh, and I believe this was in 2018, to hold the Olympics here in the city. And the citizens of Calgary actually voted it down. I think that was the lowest point in the history of the city of Calgary that we didn't feel that we could pull off an international event and we were afraid. And that is so opposite of the Calgary that I know, the energy and the can-do attitude. And, you know, I would say that we're starting to see that positivity come back, but this province has really been hit hard through, um, you know, that bust in the, in the oil industry. And although we like to pride ourselves on we're not just an oil and gas province, we are really an oil and gas province, and when uh, you know those companies are doing well, everybody feeds off of that, and it is um, really what drives our economy. And so, you know, we see now that that positivity is starting to come back, but um, certainly different than when I first moved here in the late '90s and early 2000s, where it really was the wild west, uh, quite honestly. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, there wasn't anything you couldn't do um, because we could make things happen. So uh, it's, it's changed a lot over the years. Absolutely. Uh, what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? 
talk a little bit about kids. Uh, wow, that's something that I'm proud of. You know, I, 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 you know, I'll take it back to business here in Alberta. Uh, in in Calgary, there's the Alberta Health Region that has a lottery foundation home that they award to uh, really one of the top builders in the in the industry, and they pour a ton of advertising into it, and it gives back to the community so much. And we were the recipient this year of uh, being awarded the lottery home that will open up in 2023. And to us, that's such a great thing to rally around is our tradespeople and partners of doing something that is just great for the community. Um, it's something obviously we know very well in terms of building a house and knocking it out of the park. And I'm so, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to the draw when it's a $2.9 million home that somebody's going to win. Uh, you know, the draw will be next uh, November, the house will open next August. So I would say that I'm really proud of the fact that as an organization, we're leaders, one of the uh, top industry leaders and uh, somebody that the Alberta Health Trust has put their uh, trust in us in order to deliver on uh, the next lottery home. Absolutely. And I, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast, having a top industry leader on the podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the interview as much as I have. You've definitely dropped a lot of golden nuggets, I like to call. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, you know, our website at uh, um, crystalcreekhomes.ca is a good place to go. Um, my contact email is right there. My email is justin at Crystal Creek Homes or LinkedIn is always a good uh, place to get me, but um, probably the best way for people to connect if they'd like to hear more or understand uh, or have more questions or clarity around the journey. Or if they want to build a home, reach out to Crystal Creek Homes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, I only have one last question for you here before we head out. My last question is... What does being a leader or leadership mean to you? Uh, it's about setting the right example. It's about uh, not understand. You know, when, when you look at someone and you say, man, they're doing this wrong. Why are they doing that wrong? Saying, looking at yourself first to say, how is, what have I done incorrectly so that they're doing this wrong? What, I, I must have done something wrong. It's, it's, it's looking at yourself first. And rather than pointing fingers, pointing it first at yourself and saying, there must be something in my training or something in my communication style that I've done incorrectly that would let, lead them down this path where they think what they're doing is, is correct. And so rather than looking at that individual as being uh, needing correction, it's really what is it that I'm doing that needs correcting. And so to me, that's pure, that is leadership, uh, taking it on the shoulders, setting the example, and understanding that um, in order to get everybody moving in the right direction, um, that's on me and uh, and setting the proper example. And it filters down. I mean, it's a pyramid at the end of the day. You've got your management team that making sure that they understand and they're communicating correctly. And when we have failures and results, it's looking at ourselves internally to say, what are we doing wrong? Hi, I'm Justin Goldier, and you're listening to Joe Moma Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.